2: Everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. hello and welcome to episode 43 of tendy talk presented by the blpa and the hockey podcast networks i'm your host joe better known as washed up goalie on social media this week i chat with matt vickadomino better known as stand up tendy on instagram matt and i share a common friend and charles from bonejack designs not to mention our mutual appreciation for goaltender art so without further ado let's get to the conversation Well, Matt, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's good to have you. You know, after following your Instagram account for a while, it's it's fun to put a uh, face and a uh, name to the the moniker.
1: Yeah, no, same here, same here. And yeah, no, I know. It's I appreciate you having me. We we had this scheduled for earlier in the week, and uh, I had to I had to miss out. So I appreciate your flexibility on, uh, hey, on timing man. here.
2: No problem. Anybody that's seen my videos of me playing can tell I'm flexible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Way to sell it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, before we kind of get into the conversation about the the Instagram uh, profile and everything, how did you get your start in hockey? You know, when did you discover the great sport?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think I tried skating when I was like three. I was terrible at it. So I, I hung up the skates after one try. And I uh, didn't get back to it until um, uh, we were visiting. I'm from Boston. We, our family, we have family on Long Island. And uh, my, I was playing with my cousin, and he stuck me on a pair of rollerblades that had just a front wheel, back wheel, and uh, just started firing tennis balls at me. And I loved that. So then he showed me his hockey card collection and was into that. And then uh, we would just play a ton of NHL 93. And, and, uh, and from there on, it was done. And uh, yeah, so ever since I uh, was eight years old, um, I've, I've been, it's been my number one sport. Love it.
2: So after your cousin three you on the two-wheeled uh, rollerblades, uh, when you got home to Boston, were you like, mom, dad, I, I want to try out ice hockey? Or when did you start on the ice?
1: Yeah. So he actually, he, he was pretty handy too, even at a very young age. So he sent me home with these uh, yellow foam uh, leg pads that he had made um, out of nothing. And, uh, and at that time it was like right after Andy Moat had those beautiful black and gold, uh, pads. So, uh, I I brought those home with me and, um, and yeah, I wanted to get on the ice right away. So I, I played a year of like intermediate intramural hockey, um, skated as a forward for that one year. I was like three years older than everyone else, but I was a (laughs) beginner. So I was kind of on their same level, but, um, yeah. And then I, um, after a year of that, I just, I took up goalie. I love the equipment and and all that. So from, you know, nine years on playing squirts, I, you know, I haven't left the net.
2: Now you mentioned Andy Mogan, that sweet Vaughn setup he had in Boston, but I think his Bruin mask is one of the most underrated goalie masks of all time.
1: For sure. And you know what everyone, and and I do too, I think, you know, nineties masks all take up you know you know different goalies they take up my top 10 of masks yep um and of course the the Bruin bear is is top of the list uh or at least one of them but I think even like the the just the simple like Bruins logo with the stripes right before he had that Bruins bear mask uh was fantastic and um the uh there's uh a guy out there uh, he did like a hybrid of one half is the stripe, one ha- half is the brown Bear tribute oh, mask. Cool. And it turned out great. Uh, Jesse, J- Jesse custom design. So, yep, um, I him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he does, he does a lot of great work. And uh, so I saw that in person, but it's, it's a fantastic mask. Again, iconic for, for that era too.
2: Well, and what was great about it is when he went to Minnesota and then later on Dallas, he was able to keep that same design, but just update the colors. In fact, I ran into him at the Let's Play Hockey Expo a couple years at the Vaughn booth. And uh, my my son is trying on Goldberg's pads and gloves from the movie. And Andy Moog and Mike Vaughn are just sitting there talking. (laughs) I'm like, all right, this is interesting. And uh, then I think it was Moog said, you know, yeah, you're gonna have to maybe get your boy a pair of pads thats well he he doesn't actually play I, I'm the goalie in the family and so but I, I got a pair of Vaughns at the time they were like 18 years old and said and they're holding up great you know I, I don't want to get new ones yet and Moe's going oh you, you, you don't want to be saying that with Mike sitting right here and Mike's <laughs> just got his arms folded smiling he goes that's exactly what I want to hear it means our stuff is quality and it lasts and that's right I'm still wearing those pads but uh I did break is down. that the
1: yeah. Is that the one, uh, your pair with the semicircle yeah. on each
2: leg? I don't, I can't remember the model name, but, yeah. uh, on legacy is the legacy. D4000s. Yeah. four um, thousands. but I, after 21 years, I did five weeks ago, place an order for new equipment. There you go.
1: There yep. you go. I'm, I'm not far behind you. I've, I've, I've been playing with the same gear, um, for over 10 years now. Um, so obviously not, not as long as, as yeah. yourself, but, so w- uh,
2: w- what are you wearing then?
1: Yeah. So I've got the, uh, Reebok, um, RBK, I think, uh, 7k model. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a very nice design. I found it. It was, um, I was wearing the Heaton and fours, um, that I got in like 1999 yeah. and I'd been wearing them for way too long, obviously not NHL spec. So I just, <laughs> what I went online, I went on some like you know, dark web, uh, gear website to find the cheapest thing in my size. And it was fortunately, um, the color that I was looking for. And it was like 250 bucks brand new. And, uh, I thought I was getting swindled, but it turned out great. So I've got those. And then I've always been partial to, to Vaughn gloves and blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always, uh, I've always had a glove,
2: uh, Vaughn glove, but I think I'm going to go uh, warrior when, uh, when the time is up. Well, it's funny. I was talking at the uh, pro shop when I was getting fitted for my stuff. You know, I I got that Legacy 4000 glove, which is probably the biggest one ever made. It's just huge. You know, you know, I held it up against today's modern glove. And I was like, I'm going to be missing a lot of a lot of Pucks glove side when these new ones come in. (laughs) Like my teammates just got to know.
1: It's funny you say that because Kevin Weeks just posted a picture on Twitter from like one of those, uh, you know, Kiwi hockey photo shoots that he did when uh, yes. when he was a kid, and uh, he's it was better than mine. Mine was just a stance when they did those photo days, but uh, he was doing a glove save. But the glove is like half the size of the net, so yes. uh, you know he may have been playing
2: at in an intermediate level, but he was wearing a pro size glove. I think it was yeah, enormous. yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to do the side by side comparison not only of the glove, but all of the equipment, but to see how much smaller the gloves have gotten. Uh, well,
1: even um, this, was, this was my glove ever since uh, middle school for the longest time. So it's the T5550. Yep. And uh, it's, you know, got pretty beat up. So I then I uh, went over to the, um, uh, what model? Yeah, so I'm going with the Von Velocity right now. Um, but I went back cause I got it repalmed one day and I went back to the, uh, old Vaughn and I was catching everything. I think it's, I think the pocket is three times the size, but it felt you know, great.
2: Yeah. It's, I I'm, I'm worried about that to, to, to say the least. Um, but, uh, no, I am excited to get the new stuff. Uh, even though like, part of me is like, what am I going to do with modern pads? I have, you know, knee blocks and everything else like my knees aren't going to hurt the day after a game anymore (laughs) um but i was was pretty excited the last two days i've gotten texts from ev over at vaughn giving me uh, proofs of you know the the glove and the blocker and everything so that it's moving along (laughs) get you excited yeah when i went from the heatens to the box because
1: like the thigh rise the plus one whatever that was I didn't understand any of that at the time yeah. and learning how to skate, learning how to skate and crossover. It was a whole new game. So it took me forever to learn.
2: Well, it's interesting. Cause I was talking about that with the uh, guy at the pro shop. as I was getting fitted for my pads. It's like, I'm at 34 in my current pads, but measuring has changed over the years. So I'm actually going down to a 32 with yep. the new pads. And even Ev was like, are you sure? It's like, we had them side by side. My pads and a 32 today, and the knee comes in the same spot. And they said, and I tried them on to make sure. Yeah. Like, all right, but that two inch thigh rise, I was like, no, that's too much for me, and so I we we cut it down to a one inch rise because yeah, with nothing. I mean, I I know you're a broder fan from some of your the stuff on your uh, site. You know, when you look at pictures of him, like his pads and right above his knee, I mean, there, there's the knee roll and then there's maybe that much more. That's yep. how my pads are. So when I try and close my five holders, still a gap. So it's like, I want something there to close that a little bit because I'm tired of playing the puck perfectly, getting my legs as close together as I can. And it just slips through that little opening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'd be interested to kind of go back. I know I see it with like, um, them bones and, mm. and Cooper goalie. And a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to go back to retro gear right now. I'd love to try it because I, I don't have like the, the crisp style of like a Tuka Rask or someone or Jerry yeah. price who know how to get a good pad seal. I, you know, I just do what I can to stop it, but I'd be interested to like go back and have more freedom and, you know, less gear kind of bogging me down.
2: Yeah. I, I was uh, texting with bones and I said, uh when he and I get together, we're gonna to have to do a video together where I teach him proper two-pad stack um, <laughs> recovery. Since that's how old I am, that that was taught to us. <laughs> you know, it's like all the equipment he's wearing in some of his videos, except for that beautiful new uh, fiberglass mask. He has like that's what I started in. That that was the equipment of the time. And yeah, uh, so when I see that stuff, it's like he, guys like him are wearing it. the novelty and it's like no I I have the nightmares of the bruises (laughs) people were shooting on me full force not just for photo ops at that time (laughs) yeah so you you get started in the game because of your cousin Uh, you know how far did you go competitively
1: yeah so I played um I played JV through high school um I played club in college and then I you know kept going after school I actually you know, I was always disappointed in myself. I gave up uh, hockey my senior year of high school because I I didn't make the, the varsity team. Um, mm-hmm. I played at a at a very uh, competitive school, Saint Sebastian's, uh, here outside Boston. And um, you know the the year above me, you know, six kids got drafted out of college oh, wow. or out of uh, out of high out of the high school class. And then uh, when I was at Holy Cross um, for college. Um, one of the years I was there, it was the first time that a four seed had ever upset a one seed in the frozen four. So I, I was always at highly competitive schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always regretted not playing my senior year uh, cause I was just too petty and yep. uh, I, you know, wish I had stuck it out more, but uh, so I, I played, you know, I did play competitively. We had a good club team. Uh, I was like fourth string my freshman year on the club team but they ended up winning like the club national championship or whatever so um so it was fun to watch those guys win and then party with them afterwards um and then uh yeah and then you know beer league afterwards a lot of pickup you know i I took a couple years off you know right out of school um just learning how to what corporate life was like and how to yeah. Working how to be a job. A man. Exactly. <laughs> Had to figure yeah. a lot of stuff out, but I uh, got back into it, played a couple of tournaments recently. So um, what brought you
2: back to the game?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I can't, I can't really pinpoint it. Cause I was always watching games, you know, even when the Bruins were awful in the mid aughts, it was some real lean years there um, before uh, you know, Chara and Savard came along and turned the franchise around, but uh, I was always watching games. And then I think, you know maybe like 0708 um 0809 like the the bruins are getting really good and i was watching, like being really religious about catching every game i was just getting the itch to get back out there um and then you know, once once i did it a couple times got back out there I, it you know felt so good to just be catching up with guys and
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: the the locker room chatter and and all that stuff so you realize you know how much how much fun it is that you know a different group of guys to hang out with and so you know i'm, I'm glad i finally gave in and uh, got back into it even though it's sometimes very humbling to be out there and yep put up a you know have the other team put up a sixth spot on you but it, that's the way it goes sometimes
2: you know i i think that's the hard thing for beer league goalies when they first get back into it is to kind of give up that feeling of i i need to play for a shutout every game Yep. um you know, hey, if, if they're putting up a six spot on you, it's you're not the only reason they're doing that. It, the, the team in front of you, and um, you know, as I've said on the podcast before, when I came back to the beer leagues, I was prop, I know I was playing down compared to my skill level, but it's because I like the group of people I was with, yeah. But I was getting frustrated those that first season or two, where it's like, come on, guys, you, you can do this, you can do that, and it's like, no. No, you know, half of these guys didn't even play high school hockey. Right. Uh, one of them didn't even play competitive hockey at all until the beer leagues. Uh, so it's like, no, it's in front of me. Um, uh, Goalie by Garmin has some great, really short podcasts, like five, six minutes each. And I was driving to one of the games and that that's when it hit me. And he goes, only focus on what you can control. Because you might have that game where you let in eight, but you played seven of them. You know, there was nothing you could have done on seven of them. I was like, yep. That is most of my games. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the third
1: rebound on, on you know, half of them. And you're like, you know what? I was always taught to stop the first two, and then the rest he, is up to my team.
2: Yeah. And it, it's funny. Like Ever since I heard that one, it's just my demeanor after a game. It doesn't matter what the score is. I, I reflect on my game and go, how did I play? Yeah. How did I do? You know, and there's been games where, you know, I've gotten 60 shots when we lost five to two and I'm upset until I realize. all right, I, I did stop a few. I gave us a chance. <laughs> you know? Well,
1: it, And it, I think a big part of it, too, is just kind of getting wiser with with age and realizing yeah. like the difference. Like I'm even, you know, to this day, I'm very competitive, even if I, even if my skills can't back it up. Yep. And uh, but I've, I've come to learn that like in, you know, you kind of just mentioned it in the proper setting. You enjoy the group of guys that you're with or yeah. you enjoy the the spirit of the game. And then there are times when, you know, you're, you say, OK, I'm going to play in, in this you know three day tournament with a group of guys that we have a chance of winning. And, and then you're in the zone for, for yep. that weekend. But the rest of the time is just for fun. And, you know, the one of the pickup leagues that I was in for a few years, like there would be guys who were like 65 years old. And when I first started skating, I'd be like, oh man, I'm not going to get any good shots from them. But then, you know, a couple of years later I'm looking, I'm like, man, I can't wait. Or I really hope I can, I can still be doing that at 65 years old and just be coasting around, just getting out. (laughs) So, you know,
2: it's funny you say that I was uh, skating at Johnny's ice house in Chicago one summer and we had father Murray retired Navy chaplain and he was in his seventies. He wasn't very good by any means but everybody just marveled at him like this guy is in his 70s and he's out here skating with us you know and you know he wasn't an ankle bender by any means but uh he had lost a step or two we could say and we're all just going man i I hope i'm just like him at that age where i feel good enough where i wake up in the morning and say i'm going to play hockey
1: yeah there's uh i I can't remember um the gentleman's name but there was a feature done on him where he was like the oldest recorded goalie. Um, you know, he was playing and put but it was like 92 years old or something. I haven't told my wife yet, but that's on like my bucket list is to like be playing into my eighties and nineties. And yeah. if that's the way I go out, then so be it. But. Uh,
2: I, I figure this next set of equipment I have come in my way, if that lasts me 20 years, like this set has, then I can say, okay, my days of stopping putts are done. I'm going to start shooting the puck. And yep. that that's when I'll probably turn it around and skate out probably. There you go. And hopefully my son will come to my games and tie my skates. Cause I probably won't be able to do that at that age. <laughs> now is your, is your son into playing uh, at all? You know, he, he skates on the pond. Um, the past couple of years, uh, we've had a backyard rink either in our yard or the neighbor's yard. And he loves skating out there, but he hasn't played competitive because here in Minnesota, we don't have house league hockey. It's just strictly travel hockey. And he sees the time commitment of it's seven to eight times a week. They're on the ice. And many of the times practices either at six o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock at night. And he's going, I'm asleep at those times. You know, even though he's 13, he still goes to bed at like nine o'clock on a school night on his own. So it was like, okay, that, that was a pretty mature, recognition on his part that it was too much for him but he still loves the game that's great. yeah i mean he's more of a baseball player so uh he, he plays baseball and then it, it, and i didn't want to push him either because i want him to love the game uh because i see a lot of kids they they stop playing and they lose that love because they've been pushed too hard it's been too much yep um you know and yeah it's it's fun are, are your kids uh getting into the game at all
1: yeah, my son. Um, you know, I think to to your last point there, I, I'm trying to take a hands off approach because I'd love for him to fall in love with the game, and I feel like you know pushing will have an adverse effect. I, I got zero influence from my parents, and and maybe that's part of the reason why I've been in the game for so long. Same. Here. Um, and, and so it, you know, we'll we'll see how he how it turns out with uh, with him, but you know, my sister and her family uh, two, her two sons play hockey. And so they put out a rink in their backyard this past winter. So I got out there, I got him his first pair of skates and, um, you know, we, we got out there. He's, he's only, he was only three, three and a half at the time. So he yep. was, you know, I was holding him for most of it and, uh, but he'd fall and I, you know, he's the kind of kid where, you know, he'd easily quit. Um, yep. but he, he just, I think part of it was seeing his cousins do it. And yeah. He wanted to keep up with them, but, uh, I I gave him his, I gave him the out if he wanted it and he he wanted to keep going. So, you know, we'll see how it comes, but you know, he, he loves, I have like bobbleheads and, you know, stuff in in the basement that that he likes to come in the room and check out every now and then. So, you know, the opportunity is there if he wants it, but uh, same, same as you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to force the issue because if he doesn't enjoy it, what's the point?
2: Yeah. and It's fine. my daughter, she'll come out and skate. In fact, she, she wanted a hockey stick two years ago for Christmas Uh, and I was like okay great but you're just skating on the pond so I'm not buying you a composite so I went and bought her a Sherwood featherlight coffee curve because they had them at uh, pure hockey I've
1: got my I got my uh, Ray Borks I thought I had a coffee Uh, maybe not but I've I've got the Sherwoods I was the perfect
2: pond hockey stick it really is yep and she, she absolutely loves it. But uh, half the time when she's out there skating, she just wants me to pull her around by the hockey stick. Then she does <laughs> shooting. But it's like, hey, that's fine. She, she's having fun. She's getting some exercise in the wintertime. And if your kids uh,
1: love pond hockey, there's a book uh, by a Canadian author, one like a Canadian literary prize called When the Moon Comes. Mm -hmm. and it's um and it's about this kid and well a group of kids and them going out during a full moon that lights the ice and um they skate they skate out on the beaver pond it's you know my son really enjoyed that book um so maybe it's something that that your kids would enjoy well it's it's more for younger kids but they might enjoy the spirit of it
2: knowing that it's called the beaver pond i definitely do have to get it for them because the development we live in is called beaver ponds uh and when they go out on the uh the pond that that is actually where they go skating is on the beaver pond <laughs> there you go <laughs> I, I wrote that down I'm gonna have to look it up for them that's awesome
1: yeah I've been I've been meaning to uh, make a post about it because it, it's something we really enjoyed this past winter was reading that book together yeah
2: no that, that, that's great my kids they love reading thank goodness um, in fact my daughter was badgering me because she let her friend borrow her copy of the outsiders and she wants to read it again she's like "Will you just buy me a new copy is like easy there killer <laughs> you know like how about you read some other classics like catcher in the rye or the great gatsby <laughs>
1: there you go <laughs> like, I, I, I gotta get back into some of those classics
2: yeah some someday when i have the energy at, at the end of the day exactly exactly so Aside from playing hockey, you're clearly into the collecting side of things. For a while, you know, as I go through your Instagram profile, a lot of hockey cards. How, how did you get into collecting hockey cards?
1: Yeah, it really came with that, uh, you know, really started with that one trip to, uh, to Long Island and, and looking through, uh, for those that remember the, like the early 90s pro set, it's probably yeah. the cheapest set around, but it was like 900 cards in each set. um so that you know that kind of kicked it off and i you know collect the the basic upper deck stuff and then obviously um you know in the late 90s and early aughts and um you know it grew to be jersey cards and autographs and so i kept up with that a little bit um i don't i don't really do that so much anymore with the cards i i still like, like to organize and i you know i find it especially in this past year and a half it's kind of a relaxing uh break for my mind is to kind of orga- go through organize yeah go through um, the cards exactly but uh yeah so you know started back then but uh i lately i've been getting into um you know a, a big thanks to instagram and being able to find these people but hockey art and there's yep. a there's a ton of fantastic hockey artists um out there so I, you know, one of the things that I got into was reaching out to them and, and kind of starting to collect a little bit of uh, the hockey art that's yeah. out there. So.
2: One of my favorites is bone Jack designs and I'm lucky enough to have them draw me. Yep. <laughs> and he sent me is the, the drawing, um, you know, it's funny you talk about pro set. I swear they, they probably had cards for the, um, tr- you know, equipment managers and the trainers. Right. Cause yeah, I, I I think the early nineties, uh, upper deck sets were some of the best looking, but I also, I don't know why, but I was always drawn to the score, uh, sets as well. They they weren't like over the top, but they were just like simple and they had good photography.
1: Yeah. And, and like they incorporated the design of like the red line, blue line kind of stuff. Um, you know, for, they kind of had you know, for those who know about, uh, card collecting they're you know, the concept of parallels. And so they kind of, I feel like they had the first, uh, introduction to parallels where they had the French version, they had the English version. So,
2: yeah, I was just going to say for whatever reason, when I started collecting them, like my dad just had this thing like, well, yeah, we'll get the English version, but you should get a set of the French too. And so I have a bunch of, you know, the English and the French, the, the parallels, for a couple of years. And was like, you know, they, they were one of the only ones that did that.
1: Yeah. We, uh, you pulled up your, uh, your, your bone Jack art. So I've got mine as well. Oh, sweet. So nice. he, uh, he does, it, you know, again, there's so many different uh, types of art out there. Um, and so it, it's been, it's been fun kind of tracking down the different styles and getting to know them a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I, I got his coloring book back there on my desk too. Um, it was so nice. When I got it, I scanned it in because I knew I was going to probably want to color each goalie a couple of times. But the, the real reason I got it is when the um, pandemic started and I was doing, you know, to some, my kids were on spring break when it started. So they gave them an extra week of spring break so teachers could figure it out. And I was like, okay, I, I was uh, uh, waiting to start a new job at that point. So I was kind of playing homeschool dad at that point. And it's like, all right, kids, we're going to have art class today. And, you know, we just started coloring and stuff. Because my, both my kids are into art. My daughter is a phenomenal artist. And uh, I shared a picture on my Insta story or something. And Charles sent me a few drawings, uh, line art, to throw up on the, my website. So other people could uh, color. It's just something to do during the pandemic. Well, of course, my daughter, not really knowing the different team colors or anything, like she put her own spin on them and she incorporated huh. pinks and purples into uh, one of the drawings. And he's like, I love it. So he, he kept sending a few and that next thing, you know, there was a coloring book. So I was like, well, I got to get it for my daughter <laughs> and I, I've uh, printed up a few and she, she's colored some. And it, it was funny. And there's another artist. He, he's done some hockey stuff, but he does mostly baseball but he's a Canadian and plays hockey. His uh, name is, it's S Preston. Uh, I believe he's okay. on Instagram as uh poot poot, but he he's got a deal with Disney and he draws Disney princesses as uh, baseball fans. <laughs> um, he, he's got a lot of other really cool stuff. He's got minimalist ballpark stuff uh, with licensing with pretty much every league, but uh, wow. his ballpark princesses are pretty cool. And so he did a few line arts at the beginning of the pandemic too. And, my daughter of course wanted those to color them in as well so that that, that kept her busy that's for sure
1: oh it's awesome yeah no i um i i tried taking it up as well i got you know some some art supplies um you know i think people were looking for different ways to cope uh mm-hmm. over year and a half and, and i know um art was a uh, was a big one and uh so I, I gave it a, i gave it a shot but it's um again you know, you learn what you're good at and you learn certainly what you're not good at. And I, I certainly appreciated the, the art more when uh, from other people because of yep. how it's, it's d- difficult.
2: You know, it, it's funny you say that because uh, at work last week, we had a virtual paint and sip for the entire department. And I actually have my painting over my shoulder of what I think is a really poor painting. But it was interesting because the uh, instructor was saying, you know, we're all overly critical of our own work. But when you hold it up for somebody else, they're like, that's amazing. And of course we're all like, mine sucks. And then you hold it up to the screen, people are like, oh my God, look look at what you did. Uh, So it is interesting. It's almost like doing projects around the house. I can walk around my house and point out every flaw of the projects I've done. And everybody else is like, what are you talking about? It looks great. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> did, yeah, cuz didn't you do
1: enough? didn't you do your back deck or something? I feel like there was something that I uh that you were that you were posting the progress of.
2: Yeah, let's see. Since COVID started, uh we've done at the beginning, we did two big retaining walls so that we could have a level spot for our backyard rink. I redid all of the trim work in our house. Um I did board and batten in our bedrooms. I've done what else there, there's a lot i did like a picture framing around the builder grade mirrors in our bathrooms i tiled our bathroom and master closet i have my kids bathroom gutted and the showers back in and the floors down uh we i built like a little sun deck behind the third stall of the garage and i just put up a pergola and put two more retaining walls this last week and a half. <laughs> Like there's just all these projects. It's a never ending one. And in two weeks, we're going to gut our kitchen. So. Oh, Are you doing that yourself? This one, I'm not entirely doing myself. I actually hired it out. One of the guys I skate with. Um, it, it was just one of those where I, I think my wife could see it in my face where it was like, come on now. Like I, it's, it's like that scene from the green mile where, uh, the big guy looks at Tom Hanks character and goes, I'm tired, boss. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's also, it's the kitchen. It's kind of like the focus of the house when you walk in um, and it's like, can I do it? Absolutely. But would I feel better if somebody else who's done it a lot more does it so that if there is a mess up, I can blame it on them and not me. Absolutely. Um so I, I'm obviously going to help because um, it's kind of mostly a one man show. So I'll, I'll be helping out with hanging cabinets and stuff like that. But yeah, I heard that one out. <laughs> Outsource it. Yeah. It's like after that, I think we will have touched every room in our house and there's really nothing else for us to do. Uh, so it's like yeah we're, we're at the the final stage let's just hire somebody out they can get it done in under two weeks or if i have to do it after work on weekends it's gonna take three or four months you know am my always yep. like yeah let's get it done i want to eat in that kitchen by christmas <laughs> yeah uh but i don't know it was worth it that that was one of the reasons i'm getting new equipment because she started going through everything and she's like The amount of money you saved us doing it yourself like the retaining wall alone we had a bid it was going to be 10 grand in labor just to put it up and i did it myself took a couple more weeks and had they come and done it in, you know two and a half days with machinery but we saved quite a bit of money yeah Um, so that right there is like i earned my pads there you go (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: those better be the best pads ever
2: yeah Well, of course, doing that, I wound up having to miss uh, most of our fall season before it got canceled because I slipped two discs in my back lifting all those blocks. But uh, hey, it it was it looks great. The family helped at times where they could. And, uh, you know, we did it. Nobody else did. (laughs) Uh, So you got into goalie art, you know, who Aside from Charles over at Bone Jack Designs, who else do you really like? Yeah,
1: so um, apologies for not knowing uh, all their actual names. But, um yes. <laughs> But it, uh, it started out, I think Charles may have been like one of the first ones. Um, there was, um, uh, obviously Tiny Tendies has been a big one uh, recently. He, and uh, I just had, he, he sent over some awesome artwork of, of uh, yours truly. So that was uh, fun to be uh, in tiny, tiny form, but, uh, and and he does, and he did a great job kind of like um, finding different styles, kind of working with his own original style, but he's, he's migrated uh, to some other things. Yeah. Um, He's got a great style.
2: I I love it. Yep.
1: There is handmade hockey cards. He did a great job. Um, I got a couple of pieces from him uh, where he would, you know, again, on, on a tiny hockey card, uh, he, he really intricate detail. Um, and he, mm-hmm. he does, a, he did a couple different styles, um, puck which, uh, was someone who did kind of like caricature style, um, mm-hmm. with, and you know, he, he did some realistic, uh, portrayals as well. Um, but you know, the caricature I thought was really cool. Cause it obviously, um, puts a great focus on the mask, um, yeah. and the details within that. Um, uh, uh, Mike Nguyen Art um, up in Canada. I think he's out of Winnipeg, um, but he he does uh, stuff seemingly every other day. So that's a it's fun to follow him. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other guys. Um, Jerry uh, at uh, JRM Hockey Art. Um, he does some unbelievable. And one of the one of the features that I did for hid. Uh, he sent over a video of of how he does his art um and so you know some of it starts where he kind of just puts a ton of paint at the top of the of the canvas and it kind of bleeds down uh and then he works with that um i'm trying to think i i feel bad because i've I've worked and have been in communication with so many of these guys and girls over the past uh year that i don't want to leave anyone out but uh um stick save sketch is another uh one that does a lot of uh, mask um mm-hmm. centric art um yeah so again uh, I,
2: I, yeah anybody go ahead. that scrolls through your you know instagram page they're gonna see all these In fact that's as i'm looking down that that's exactly what i'm doing looking at all these different ones because there's just so many great ones that it, it's fun to see the different takes on them um, and, and
1: that's one of the things because you know the, and there's been a big boom of like hyper realistic art mm-hmm. um and you know these these artists spend like 70 hours with with i think probably some form of uh pencil or pen and and again like the reflection in the visors that they get it's it's unbelievable but mm-hmm. you know to to go through and see you know different lenses that people are looking for uh, through and different interpretations of uh, of, of what they see. Um, it's, it's, it's been fun. And so, you know, for someone that has come to appreciate it, it was fun to learn how their process worked and, um, you know, what, what motivates them outside of hockey. Um, but it's, it's unbelievable what, what people can do. And so when, when they send over videos and you can see how it, how they do it in a time-lapse form, but it's still, it blows your mind. Um, some of the stuff that they're putting together.
2: Well, I I know Charles has done some of those time lapse. And what's interesting about him is like he doesn't sketch them out in pencil beforehand. It's just all ink from the beginning. And if he messes up, he messes up. It's part of the drawing. And it's like such talent these people have. Whereas, like, I can envision really cool stuff in my head, but I can't make it a reality like they do.
1: Yeah. No, it's. I, I tried, like I said, I tried, I tried doing a. Uh, I even posted it so you can see how horrible it is, but a pair of heatons, and, uh, you know, again, I, I sat there for maybe like two hours, like doing, you know, an inch at a time and then erasing it. And then, you know, Charles and I had had some back and forth. He was pretty encouraging through it all. And, but he, he's just like, yeah, you know, this took me a half hour and it's, but it's such a, like a bold design and, and all that. And it's just, it's, um, again, it makes you appreciate it even more when, when you understand what each person's process is and how they can, um, you know, make it come to life. So yeah. that's kind of that's what I've shifted towards is, uh, is the hockey art uh, aspect of it. and it's, it's a growing community on Instagram and it's a lot of fun to watch.
2: I have learned that um, there was a time where I, I could draw. In fact, my grandfather who passed away before I was born, he was a graphic artist before computers. So, you know, he was doing all that cool stuff for advertise in the advertising world, but by hand. Um, So artistic talent runs in the family. So I got a little bit of it, but I haven't kept up on it to, you know, really be good at it. But when I was in college, I discovered graphic design on the computer and how to use those programs. So when I do get bored, sometimes I I always like the old Don Ross, Diamond Kings baseball cards. Uh, So I'll I'll find a picture I really like and kind of give it that um, feeling every now and then. In fact, when my son first started playing baseball, I took a picture of him and created a Diamond Kings card out of it. You know, so it's like, that's that's where I'm okay. Uh, I won't say good, but it's like, that's where I'm okay. The problem is I just don't take enough time to do that these days. You know, when the workday is over, it's like, could I spend two hours kind of right. thinking around? Yeah, but I prefer to spend the time with the family rather than yeah, clear the mind where it's like, if I think about it, maybe doing that once in a while and just clearing the mind of being in the moment would be good.
1: Yeah. It's a good thing to stick in your back pocket for retirement too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's one thing that I feel like I'm trying to collect ideas for, even though it's ways away, but is to, you know, what am I going to do with all the free time? So maybe that's something that I can hone in on it's funny you it's funny you mentioned that diamond kings because i was actually i was going through some cards the other day and um there was a similar set for for hockey um i'm trying to remember uh of the set name but it was uh artistic renditions and so i was trying to look up on the back of the card who designed or who drew the art for it Mm -hmm. and i wasn't able to track the person down and uh, even um, Upper Deck and some of their early sets, all the checklists were um, were artwork, and uh, yeah. so it, it's something that I would love to see come back into uh, into the you know trade. Uh, even though I'm not that big into it anymore, I think it's a great way to to help these artists get recognition for for the work that they do.
2: Yeah, those. God, I, I just, I loved those cards. They were just so cool. And it was like, if your favorite player was on a diamond King, you knew they had a good season because it's not like they just gave any player that opportunity. But yeah, I remember upper deck, they didn't have, you know, the diamond King, but they, they still had some like paintings of players like the Brett Halls and Wayne Gretzky's. Yep. And it was like, yeah, they deserved it. Um, in fact, I was just looking to see if I, if I still had that on my computer or not, I think I, uh, put it elsewhere, but I was going to show you what I did with my son, but I don't have it on my computer anymore. Um, but yeah, it was fun. So I I always like to ask people, you know, outside of hockey, you know, what do you do? You mentioned you've got uh, the kids. I'm sure that they keep you busy, but what else do you do to kind of find that, uh, middle ground, that piece? Yeah. Um, I was, I was big into,
1: uh, I play, I played tennis as well in college, um, and, and through high school and college. Um, my wife actually plays tennis as well. So, you know, before kids, we would get out there and, and play, um, together. We actually played in like a summer league mixed doubles for the first time ever. And, mm-hmm. and we, fortunately we ended up winning cause we're both <laughs> pretty competitive. So that could have had some, uh, some sour discussions, uh, after the fact that they didn't go so well, but it did go well. But, yeah. um, So, you know, I play golf, um, when, when I can. So I I like to stay active because if I sit around too much, which has been the case for the past year and a half, I, I, I tend to be in a foul mood. So just trying to stay on the move. Um, and, uh, yeah, that you know, the kids keep me busy. We, We just moved, um, two, two months ago. So we're still trying to get settled in the new space and, Had to go out get a ride on lawn (laughs) mower and really out of place. Oh, I know it was (laughs) so. uh, Now I find myself mowing the yard three times a week, which uh, some people think is excessive, but um, gets me out of the house. Now,
2: my my daughter actually shared the um, Insta story with me the other day. There's a guy standing outside with his beers it's just poor and he's going yep this rain this could be really good for the grass really good for the lawn it's going to look great in the next few days and she's like this is so you dad because <laughs> i i'm the guy i got my distinct mowing patterns like i am waiting for my kids one year for christmas or father's day to get me the uh, little roller that goes behind my mower so that it really pronounces the uh that
1: checkerboard noise. uh look
2: yes uh yeah, you, you can't mow your lawn enough, in my opinion. My wife's like, why do you have to cut it so tall? Why can't you cut it really short, like on a golf course? It's like, you have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> like It's terrible. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, in fact, I had a riding mower until we moved into this house which, because of the hill, it would take me just as long to cut the lawn with the rider as it did with the push mower. Yep. But the riding mower would like scalp parts of the hill so it's like all right we're selling the riding mower and i'm just gonna get use the push mower that's okay because i'll get my steps in it's healthier um but now that my son's like 13 i was like well, isn't it time that he start to learn how to mow the lawn is like Yeah, but that's like my hour of Zen every week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, that was the exact age that I think I was given the keys to the lawnmower. Um, the first time I did it once I did a horrible job. I don't remember (laughs) what I did. I just remember I wasn't asked to do it again. So, um, yeah, so I had a lot to learn once I finally got, uh, got our, once we got a house in our own yard to take care of, but I, I had to learn pretty quick, so.
2: So I grew up on a city lot in the city of Chicago. So, and we had a side driveway and a pool in the backyard. So we didn't have much grass. Uh, And it was about that age where, you know, my dad was a fireman and he taught, uh, you know, so he was, somebody had to pick up the slack to to mow the lawn. And I started doing it like right. I just remembered seeing these lines, you know, on TV, watching the Cubs games. And I was like, oh, how do they do that? So I just kind of tried doing that. And I, once I was done, I'd run upstairs and look down at the front lawn and be like, that looks kind of cool. And, you know, so I, ever since that age, I was trying to figure out how to do those lines, make them nice and straight and clean. And I didn't think anybody else was taking note of that until uh, not long ago. My mom was like, well, yeah, you, you've been doing that since like you were 12, 13 years old, making sure everything looked good. I was like, so you did take notice of that
1: mom's always noticed. Yeah.
2: It's like, why why didn't you say how nice the lawn looked after I did the edging and everything? You're like, oh good. You got the mowing done today. That that was the extent of it. (laughs) Um, so it's funny you say you moved. I've talked to so many goalies lately that have been moving. Uh, it seems to be in the air. In fact, we almost moved. Um, we were looking to move down Nashville way down by bones. I I was in communication with him to possibly find myself a new beer league team if we did move. Uh, but, but the market's so crazy. We are like, no, we're just going to stay here and keep doing renovations.
1: (laughs) It was, it's, it was so bizarre. We, uh, both my wife, my wife and I got told, um, you know, maybe last summer that, you know, we'd be looking to work more at home than, than we had been. And she was at the kitchen counter. I was in the basement and, uh, you know, with the, with the growing family, you know, we just needed a little bit of uh, space. So we weren't right on top of each other. Yeah. And, and, um, and so this spring, you know, the ha- it we, we moved like a hundred yards down the street <laughs> and uh, you know, we, unfortunately it didn't, the timing didn't line up or else we could have walked everything into the new house. But uh, yeah, so it, it was a bizarre time though, in terms of uh, you know, the real estate market and, what it took to get a house and then you know the stress was in the buying the the easy part was selling just because so many people were trying to trying to get uh get in but inventory was on our side for that
2: yeah it's funny you say it because that was our thing like we could have easily put the house up for sale but we didn't want to sell the house and then be homeless and find something right because we're fortunate we're in a fantastic school district in minnesota So we weren't just going to move somewhere and be like, okay, now our school district sucks. So because of that, we were very pigeonholed to where we were looking in the Nashville area. And we put in a few offers and like there were 30 other people putting in offers. We were going in over asking price. And every time we were getting beat out by, you know people coming in 80 to $100,000 over asking most of the time all cash. And we're like, yeah, we're not gonna play that game right that, that's that's not for us so we're like you know we just kind of decided hey we're we're gonna stay my son who's the youngest he'll be off to college in five years so we're like okay in five years we can continue our search down there and then it doesn't matter what school district we're in. right <laughs> you know? and at that point we won't need as big of a house because we'll be empty nesters. So we're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go that route. We'll keep this house. That'll be our vacation home for the winter time. And, uh, although I was was talking to bones and we learned that down in Nashville, they get an average of four inches of snow all season. And my kids laughed at that. Um, so I asked him, I said, so if I bring my snowblower down there, is that kind of a Minnesota flex for, you know, when there is measurable snow he goes oh absolutely he goes but that one time every five years you have to use it your neighbors are gonna love you <laughs> so, it's like
1: how uh there's a dusting in dc and the city shuts down because they have like one plow to do all the streets
2: yeah so my, my folks saw live in north carolina on one of the outer bank islands in their first year down there it's new year's day my you know well new year's eve at midnight my dad and my uncle, they they dipped their feet in the water and toasted. And, you know, that was X. That, it was like 60 degrees. And the next day my dad's walking along the beach and he hears this commotion and he's like, what is going on? So he walks over to see what's going on and they're having a polar plunge and people no. are running into the water, running out cause it's so cold. And he finds one of his friends there. He's like, what's the problem? I'm like, Oh, it's so cold. And he goes, I, it's not that cold. I had my feet in the water last night and it was kind of nice. And they're like, Oh, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Polar plunges when you have to cut, cut a hole into the water or you're in like Lake Michigan or Lake Superior where, you know, along the beach, it's still pretty, pretty open, but st- ice cold water and like oh no that's just nuts and it was just funny he's like yeah they were having a polar plunge when i was just in the water for fun the night before (laughs) yeah so if you've listened to the podcast and i apologize i'm looking at my other screen I found where i would have my pictures of the diamond king and i've been scrolling through i take so many darn pictures of my kids it's like where would it be in this folder um but if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I like to end with a series of 10, I still call them rapid fire questions, but they do tend to take a little while. Right. Um, so the first question is what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days?
1: Um, I would say, so there's one coach who was just like, he was, he was the best thing for me personally and, and within hockey and uh, you know he had a lot of like the um, like typical uh, old school coaching, like yelling, yeah. you know, speeches to get you going. But the one thing that I, I'll always remember was we were in this tournament, and it was like bizarre overtime rules where it was like five on five, then four on four, then three on three, and then uh, sudden death shootout. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it came down to the shootout, he said. You know, am I allowed to swear? I, I'll I'll edit it. Yeah, you can. So, all right. So uh, he just looked at me. I, I was like 12 years old at the time. He goes, "If you let it in, fuck it. We'll go golfing tomorrow." And, <laughs> and it just took like all it took all the pressure off. The kid went, you know, low blocker on me. I stopped it. and We ended up winning the tournament. So I think you know the the fact that again he he tried he always was yelling and you know that he was a real hard old school type coach. But in that moment that levity helped, you know, with the situation. Yeah. That that one always stuck with me.
2: That is awesome. Um, so the next question is, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Um,
1: again, I think it has to come from that nineties era. Um, I I have a bill Ramford's my all-time favorite goalie. So there's a little bit of sentimental, um, appreciation there for, for his, uh, second Bruins mask, uh, Greg Harrison's, um, original Oilers mask. Um, but there there's something about those Andy Moog masks, uh, Ed Belfour, the Ed Belf the original Ed Belfour, Greg Harrison mask when he was with the Blackhawks, that was mm-hmm. pretty great. So yeah, a- anything from the, anything from the nineties era, but I'll, I'll go Andy Moog with the, uh, with
2: the Bruins bear. That, uh- you can't go wrong with that. That's for no. sure. Um, so what is your favorite rink that you've played at?
1: Um, we had a tournament up in uh, Quebec that was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was like the first time that there was like actual like arena style seating. That was mm-hmm. when you're on the ice to look up. That was really cool. Um, but I actually were. Work in Boston, right next to uh, the Warrior Ice Arena, which is where the Bruins practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you have ever seen the pictures of it, but it yeah. looks—they have one side of the wall is all glass that looks over the highway. So to be skating out there, and uh, I was a couple, a few years ago, I was in uh, a morning league, so I'd be playing, and the sun would be rising up over the highway and shining. I mean, it was—it was awesome. Yeah. So I, I do, you know, that that one's been great.
2: Yeah, that. I, I've seen pictures of that place. It looks amazing. A friend of ours, her son was, um, they, they call it junior hockey, but it's the level it was, it was kind of like ACHA college hockey at the same time, you know, kind of on that level yeah. um, for saying what it was, uh, but they, they had a tournament there and they, they couldn't say enough good things about it. Um, yeah. That's it, one of those rinks. If I get the chance I want to skate at that's for sure. Yeah, let me know if you're in the area. Uh, well, it's it's funny. The company I work for, our corporate offices are in Cambridge, and oh. because of travel, we have, I haven't been able to come to the corporate offices. But they say eventually they're going to have everybody come out. And uh, a couple of my coworkers were all into craft beer, and the one guy's like, I, "I got the craft beer crawl ready for us. We're good to go." Is like. Uh, I just hope that the Bruins are playing while I'm in town or maybe the Red Sox, you know, and they're like, Hey, I'm one of the only sports fans at, at my job. So they're like, yeah, maybe we can find something.
1: <laughs> so, Cambridge is a stone's throw from the rink. You can see it. So let me yep. know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Will do. Uh, so the next question is one that um, some people have to think about and others are like me and they know right off the bat. The answer. What is your favorite all-time goalie stick? Um, I think I have to
1: go Sherwood. I, um, it's just so old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, obviously it weighs a ton now. And now in comparison, oh yeah. Um, I I have I have a stick rack right next to me. I, um, yeah, I I think I have to go Sherwood. One of the Sherwoods from the past, probably you know. I know Broder played with Heaton most of his career, but I have a couple of Broder Sherwoods that I, that I really come to came to like um, a few years ago, but uh, yeah, old school Sherwoods. That's the well, way. I,
2: I know a lot of people that liked those sticks, <laughs> so you're not alone there. Um, so the, the next question is what is your favorite youth hockey memory?
1: Um. You know, this one's, it's probably not that original, but I think because everyone uh, or a lot of kids uh, were in a similar situation, but going on tournaments and like either, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, staying overnight somewhere or, you know, playing knee hockey in the hallway of a hotel and driving all the other uh, patrons crazy uh, with how loud you get, but you know, doing that kind of travel, that tournament that I referenced earlier, going up to Quebec, we you know it was a bus ride with the entire team on a, a coach bus, so we felt like we were in the pros. Um, so I, I would say anything involving like those tournaments um, that was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, there was also we we won a tournament uh, one year, and uh, Miss Massachusetts was giving out the uh, trophy, so obviously. <laughs> being being a middle school kid uh we were in seventh heaven then as well
2: yeah that that is awesome so real quick I found that drawing I did of my son I'm gonna see if I can share the screen here um that that's what I did of him and he's like oh dad that's awesome and of course he thought I was gonna do that for him every year I was like no no not not the case bud um it takes a little bit of time although I did start doing it the next year he was playing catcher that year and uh, so I had all of the equipment and catchers
1: where it's at that's that was my position when I played
2: <laughs> me too and he, he started out he liked it and last he took last year off because they weren't going to have a season and so he said okay and we scheduled weeks we were gonna be at the cabin and then they decided they were they did have a season so he didn't play last year and when he came back this year, he's like, no, I'm done with catcher. And there were three kids on the team that they liked it so much. They already had their own stuff. So it's like, okay, so catcher's flown the coop for you. That's all right. I get it. Probably good for your knees. That's right. (laughs) So, so the next question is what's the best chirp you've heard directed at you, not directed at you. You've said you haven't.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I remember I was listening to one of your episodes previously and uh this question i was trying to think um you know the the one that i probably remember best is not even one that happened in my game it was uh it was one that aaron ward uh of the bruins uh recounted um during one of his interviews on on boston radio um yeah i don't I don't know if that's totally appropriate for, uh, for right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to hit the pass button. I, I really can't, th- you know, cause again, like kids in high school, they're not that witty. Like no. they, they're just really lame. Um, so, you know, and I, I wasn't clever at all. So if anyone came at me with anything, I would just go at them with my stick and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that was obviously not the best idea, but, um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything that was really ever that clever. I, I'm yeah. sorry to disappoint, but I, like I said, I I was racking my brain when I heard that question on one of your other uh, episodes.
2: It, it's funny because in the beer leagues, whenever somebody you know shoots the puck and they just completely whiff or miss the net, I can't help but shout out, "Keep swinging, Spazway!" <laughs> and- I mean, I. It, listening to like uh, Spit
1: and chiclets, like hearing uh, hearing those guys talk about um, some of the ones that they hear, like, you know, if a guy's losing face offs, biz is yelling hit the rice buckets kid like that kind of stuff like it's, it's subtle, but it's a good jab. And again, like we never it was it was just, you know, F kind of stuff. Yep. Like it was never it was never that clever. So Um, you know, again, maybe that was just because I never, never made it that big, um, that, that, you know, all the, all the smart hockey players were, uh, uh,
2: weren't around. So yeah uh, sorry smart hockey player that's an oxymoron (laughs) (laughs) um although i shouldn't say that that i coached one kid who went to mit and another one who went to harvard so there there are a few smart ones out there not too shabby (laughs) yeah the one who went to mit went to school for rocket science too is like really he's a literal (laughs) rocket scientist yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah his dad used to joke and say yeah I'd like to meet the uh, guy who traveled through town and sired him <laughs> It's like that that's funny except for the fact he looks just like you yeah <laughs> um so what is the worst post-game beer that you've had
1: uh, yeah I like someone brought in Milwaukee's best that was not that and it was like And it was like warm too. Cause like the, it was, cause it was like a, uh, it was like a summer league. So it's, you know, the locker rooms weren't, Mm -hmm. you know, chilled at all or anything like that. So, you know, the the Milwaukee's best had been sitting out for a while. So that, that was pretty brutal. That was Um, my
2: grandpa's beard. I think I read this week that there, there there's like, Eight or nine beers that they're discontinuing, and that's one of them. And part of me is like, no, you can't discontinue this beer, but <laughs> yeah, you probably should.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was like that, like Miller High Life
2: Light or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw, and so many people, their response was, I didn't know there was a Miller High Life Light. <laughs> I thought Miller High Life was the light beer. <laughs> I mean, I think I think because a college, like,
1: you know. Natty natty light, or you know, the, those types of beers. Like, I was conditioned for some of that, but like the the Milwaukee's best. No offense to your grandfather. Yeah.
2: Well, um, I mean, I, I've talked to my dad about it. He's like, yeah, in those days there weren't many options. It was like your advisor, right. your millers, your old Milwaukee. You know, he's like, you maybe had eight or nine options when you went to the store. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't all his craft beer back then. I went, yeah. yeah. I got a nephew though, I think he's about 24 and He's uh, a big fan of bush lattes, he likes to call it the bush <laughs> lights is like dude, like, you don't have to go full on craft beer but there's so much better beer even go with the Coors light every now and then. And he's like, No, no, it's, it's like, Alright, well you do you, bud.
1: (laughs) Well, I remember in college, Bush bottles, like whenever there was a deal on Bush bottles, everyone thought they were being so fancy drinking out of bottles. Yeah,
2: my, my uh, neighbors, sophomore year, they used to get a 30 pack of Schlitz because it was $3.99 for a 30 pack. They're like, it's terrible, but we can get so much of it. (laughs) Yeah, those, those were some bad bad well the funny part too is like the one kid his dad worked for phillips distribution in wisconsin which is a liquor distributor so they had basically a wet bar in their room of all this stuff it's like you got some good stuff and then you go buy the cheap beer like what what's going on um yeah there there was a bad night with vodka where yeah, it was, wasn't good for me. <laughs> Is there ever a good night? Yeah. You know, <laughs> dr- drinking a screwdriver since then just hasn't uh, been a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel?
1: Now, again, this was on, on one of your last episodes. I felt very triggered. I, was, I felt very uh, offended. I, um, I always went toe to heel. I, for some reason in my mind, I was thinking of like the physics of it. And I thought that like, it would help with the, with the trajectory of the puck coming off the blade. Um, some, but yeah, I always went toe to heel. deal. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I had Connor Beaupre, the, uh, wild bug on and he, he claims that's why he does it. Cause it comes out right. better. But I, I know what one triggered you. I, I can't remember who the guest was, but they said, uh, goalies who do it the other way. They're psychopaths. They're psychos, <laughs> psychos
1: like- with psychos within the psychos. Yeah. No, I, I uh, I think I did it probably when I was young because I didn't have any guidance otherwise and I just always stuck with
2: it. Yeah, yeah it, it was, uh, God, I'm, I think it was uh, Trish from the BLPA podcast. She was the one that called goalies that went toe to heel psychopaths. I was like, well, there's a hot take right there. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hop on that train, but I can't, I can't argue that one either.
1: <laughs> it's probably similar to like those that tape uh with black tape on the blade
2: yeah you know it's funny i've always done white tape and then uh, carter hockey tape sent me a nice little package with tape and um wax and stuff but they sent me black tape i was like well i guess i'm using black tape on my (laughs) blade until it uh runs out and it hasn't changed my game any way or the other hasn't helped me play in the puck at all either but uh Hey, it works. There you go. (laughs) It it is kind of funny when I go to pick up my stick, and I a couple times have hesitated, like, oh, wait, that's not my stick. It's got black tape. (laughs) Um, I did use orange tape for a little while in high school because our school colors were maroon and orange. Only high school in the nation with them. Only other school we knew of at the time that had those colors was Virginia Tech. Um, Oh, yeah. And I just thought the orange tape on my stick looked pretty badass. So I went with it. Bring,
1: Bring it back.
2: Yeah. Um, well I I can't bring it back because my team colors aren't (laughs) I did this purposefully I I live in Minnesota now but I'm still a big Hawks fan and wild fans don't like the Hawks for obvious reasons of them knocking them out of the playoffs every year and so when our team needed new jerseys I designed them to look like the Blackhawks jerseys (laughs) and my teammates they all loved them and then one of uh, the guys goes but they're Blackhawks jerseys do you see what he did to us and they're like, ah, oh. but our, our team name is the Hosers because it's almost all firemen. So I created oh, a go. really cool logo and the fire yeah. engines are all red and usually have a black top like in Chicago. And so it's like, th- there was thought behind the color scheme for one.
0: Yeah.
2: And the Chicago jersey template just worked best with it. And I even showed him, I was like, look, I tried it with about 15 other jersey templates. This one just looked the best. And the one kid goes, Yeah, it does look the best, but still you went with the Blackhawks. I was like, well, yeah, that, that was slightly on purpose.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm partial to red and black. So I'm with you on that one.
2: Yeah. Um, In fact, when I ordered the new pads, I I stuck with black and white, but I had to add just a little bit of red in there just just because, you know, that, that way I I struggled with it. So it's like, well, do I just go black and white? Because if I join another team, black and white goes with everything. Uh, And I was like, screw it no i've always wanted red white and black pads i'm going with them uh so i just little accents not the whole thing so if i do wind up playing for another team in fact i'm i just found out this week i'm going to skate for two teams this winter because one of the other teams uh their goalie's having surgery he's going to be out and they're like hey uh, you filled in for us before you want to fill in for the season it's like i'll fill in for as many games as we can if there's overlap you know we can work it out then and One of the reasons I'm doing that is the captain of that team is a HVAC guy. And I need some HVAC work on my vent hood for my new kitchen. So I was like, I will fill in for you, but he's like, deal. (laughs) We need a goalie. Um, so the next question, what's your favorite number to wear and why?
1: Yeah. Uh, this one's easy 30, um, you know, pretty standard goalie number. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Bill Ramford, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and then, you know, um, Broder, I was a big fan of when I was uh, when I was younger um, you know Jerry Cheevers and then I got into the Bruins and then even you know so uh, even like Tim Thomas mm-hmm. even though I was older he was still older than me so I felt like I, it was okay for me to like kind of look up to Tim Thomas so he <laughs> was there so I'm you know I'm superstitious about numbers kind of a math guy so I'm always about numbers so it's always been 30 for me.
2: Okay. Yeah. I started out with 30 because of L4. So um, I get it. So the the last question is what advice do you have for young goalies?
1: Um, Yeah. I, again, I would just, my, my question, you know, to my son, anytime he does anything is the first thing I ask him is, did he have fun? And Mm -hmm. so it's to make sure that you have fun. And it even gets back to that story that I told you about my coach, just, you know, given that little, brief laugh before penalty shot, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to to kind of lighten the mood and it it helps you enjoy the the moment. Um, you know, so having fun is is the biggest aspect of it um because it makes you open to learn, um, Mm -hmm. makes you open to being a part of the team, all that stuff. Um and then the and then someone else had mentioned it. It's something that I read in Bobby Orr's book um a little while ago. So it's always stuck with me is like it and it's tough too, right? in terms of specialization, like so young people get so into like one sport and then Mm -hmm. they do like three teams, you know, play all, you know, 12 months that one sport. Um, but for me, like I played tennis so that, you know, a lot of those skills transition, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of hand eye coordination, reaction time, footwork, um, a ton of similarities there. So, um, you know, for, for me, it would be to, to find a, you know, another activity that you appreciate. Um, I think it was even like Jacques Plant who took up knitting, um, yeah. because he, he said that that was something that, you know, was a skill that he, you know, in terms of the mental aspect of it, it was, right. a, it was a skill that he was able to bring into net with him. So, um, is to, you know, that, you know, success isn't going to be found spending eight hours on the ice every day, seven days a week. Um, so it's, it's to find something else that you're passionate
2: about and, and
1: being able to connect that with, with how you want to play.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I love the idea of, you know, asking your son, did you have fun? Because I, when I think back to picking my son up from baseball practice, or even getting in the car after a game, that's one of the first things I ask him, did you have fun? And, you know, I always want to hear, yeah, and there's going to be the day where he says, no, you know, we, we got our butts kicked, but, right. uh, you know, that's where in those instances, I would say, yeah, but you went three for four at the plate. You know, I, I try and point out the positive, yep. same, same part of me, the, the coach and me and the athlete in me is going good. He, he's mad that the team didn't do well. It doesn't matter how, how well he did. The team didn't do well. He, he's, he's looking at it the right way, but it, as the dad, you, you know, I step back and go, well, you got to find the good in it. You got to find the fun in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's awesome. So where can folks find you on social media if they uh, want to follow you and check out some of the great art you've uh, mentioned?
1: Yeah, the, the thing that I'm most active with it is the Instagram stand-up tendy, um, you know, in, in homage to uh, the 90s goalies, Yeah. Um, you know, just flopping around Dominic Kashić style do yeah. whatever it takes. Um, so it's it's something that, again, I, I, I take – breaks from it every now and then just depending on what's going on uh with work or whatever it may be but um again it was something that from a from a mental health aspect did a lot for me just because it was at the end of the day away from me to unwind mm-hmm. not think about what was going on in the world all the time so it's and it's and it's connecting me with a, a great community of uh, people so um yeah the the instagram uh spot is is where i'm at and Um, I'm looking to get back into the artist features. I actually have a backlog that I'm looking to start to roll out. Um, I'm going to be doing a mask series, um, Jesse customs design. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, uh, I think Dave Arrigo has done one. He, he did, uh, I think Mike Smith's mask, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, and a couple of others. Uh, so the, the mask art is, is going to be kind of
2: my next step, uh, in, in the artist series. That's awesome. Um, And it's funny you mentioned how just from the mental health side and connecting with like-minded people, you know, there was a while there during the pandemic where I'm just scrolling through Instagram, looking at all these great hockey, you know, things people were doing to stay in shape and on top of their game while at home. And I was like, what are you looking at? Are you looking at, you know, like Instagram models or this? I was like, no look like somebody just got an awesome new helmet yeah. <laughs> and she's like god you're a dork
1: <laughs> you know? a lot of a lot of eye rolls from the <laughs> couch but yes. uh, you, you, yeah yeah and it can't explain it
2: yeah it's like you're sitting there watching the real housewives and you're criticizing me for looking at goalie stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i'm
1: part of it i'm part of a union you just wouldn't understand
2: absolutely absolutely well matt it's been fun chatting with you um you know i'm glad we got the chance to connect and uh you know and charles kind of helped uh facilitate that as well he's helped uh me connect with a few people so that's awesome so Thank you. Yeah, if, and
1: if you're looking for more conversations, there are a couple of people I think you'd 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 uh, have really fun conversations oh, totally. with as well. So absolutely, uh, send them my I'll, way. Yeah, I will. I will. I appreciate your time. This was this was a lot of fun.
2: Matt was a fun goalie to talk to. It's funny how so many of us goalies who grew up in the '90s have a preference for the simpler mass designs of the era, and Matt was no different. If you haven't checked out his Instagram account, Stand Up Tendy, all one word, do so now and you'll see some great 90s era masks as well as other great goalie artists that Matt shares from the likes of Tiny Tendy, Stick Save Sketch, Bone Jack Designs, as mentioned earlier, and Mario Zuka, to s- just name a few. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my Beer League Hockey video highlights, which seem to be coming a little more regular these days, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some great washup Goalie or tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show, where a couple of Beer League players talk Beer League Hockey draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. The show is hosted by Nick Jones and previous Tendy Talk guest Trish Dangle. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Hockey Relay podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many to list here, and all of them are great. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you are a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. Be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time... Keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.